Well, good afternoon and welcome to Milwaukee Mennonite Church. My name is Mark. I'll be leading worship today. And um, very, very special uh, welcome to Jay Friel Landry, who's a familiar uh, face to uh, all of us here at Milwaukee Mennonite Church. He's going to be front and center in our experience of what we're calling a group Lexio Divina. I'd also like to welcome his wife, Deb. Nice to meet you today and welcome to Milwaukee Mennonite. So, um, the uh, order, you have the order of worship here. Um, we are going to be spending a little bit more time on the hearing section, um, which uh, Jay will be leading us in, the Lectio Divina. He'll be explaining a little bit more how that will proceed. Um, there's also a handout that we'll be uh, passing around at the end that will be um, a, some, uh, guidelines or rubrics for folks that are interested in maybe the continuing the group, the uh, Lexio Divina experience at home. But everything you need for today's worship service is on the front and the back of our bulletin today. So please join me in the call to worship, which is um, 852 in um, Voices Together. In the beginning, when it was very quiet, the word was with God. In the beginning, when it was very dark, God said, let there be light. When the time was right, God sent the sun. Lord, if you turn to the almost the very, very beginning of Voices Together here, Voices Together 3, the three songs that we're having today are all a cappella um, to sort of get with the mood of the kind of traditional, uh, an attrition, more traditional approach to worship. And... Um, in line with the spirit of Lexio Divina, I think it works sort of nicely here. So um, we're going to be singing, the first and the third songs today are canons, and uh, we have just enough resources, I think, vocal resources, to make it work for, let's say, two parts. Um, I don't think we can necessarily make it go for four parts, but we can do it for two parts. And so um, I think what we'll do is we'll sing um, the first and the, and the, and the last uh, hymns today um, about three times through. I'm going to designate the folks on um, your right, my left, group one, and then the folks straight in front of me here, uh, group two, and we'll just do two, two parts like that. So what we'll do is we'll start off by singing the first um, verse, or the, the, the first go through all together, all the way through, and I'll give you the pitch in a moment, and then we'll do group one and group two, and then we'll just riff on that one. If you'd like to stand, um, or, uh, that would be nice, too. God, all together. Gathered here in the mystery of this hour, gathered here in one strong body, gathered here in the struggle and the Spirit from here, 
And if you would please turn to Voices Together 890 as we move into our time of confession and reconciliation. Eight nine zero. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. God, who is rich in mercy, loved us even when we were dead in sin and made us alive together with Christ. By grace we have been saved. In the name of Jesus Christ, our sins are forgiven. Almighty God, strengthen us with power through the Holy Spirit that Christ may live in our hearts through faith. Amen. And we'll turn back to Voices Together 678. And we'll sing this uh, together um, three times through. I'll give you the pitch. to invite Jay to come up and lead us through this group, Lectio Divina. Good evening. Thank you for having me, and I'd like to introduce my wife and partner, Deb, who has joined me. I'd like to share a little bit of background about how Deb and I have come to journey with many Mennonites in our lives. Um, we have been to worship and have been involved in ministry at Kern Road Mennonite Church in South Bend, Indiana, a number of times. And you may have heard the name um, Jewel and Fred Longenecker, um, whom we have gotten to know there along with Kathy and Andre Stoner, and many other Mennonites 
who have been integral in our faith journey. And just going there has always been a wonderful experience of adult empowerment, of prayer, of worship, of the call to justice. In that journey, um, I got involved, and Deb has been a part of this, with a group called Bridge Folk that meets usually every summer in July. And we seek to build a bridge between Roman Catholics and Mennonites. And the bridge is made by walking in friendship, by sharing our traditions, the Mennonite tradition of daily discipleship. And so much of who I am as a Christian today is because of Mennonites, is because of the four I just mentioned and many, many others. Marlene and Stanley Kropp, um, who are now in Oregon, if I have it right, um, have been instrumental in our lives. We've had meals in their house, and they've had meals in our house. And just getting to know them and, and just getting to know that um, humble spirit of so many Mennonites I've met will always be a teacher for me. And Bridge Folk is an opportunity for we who are Catholic to share our gifts of sacraments and liturgy and for us to join in in your formation and walking in daily discipleship. And so on behalf of Bridge Folk, I'd like to say thank you because that's really made me in many ways who I am today. And at Bridge Folk, every summer, we often pray in this way. We often pray with Lexio Divina. That's a Latin phrase, which simply means divine reading or sacred reading. And so at the end, I, I've got um, some information for you to do this at home as a couple, as a family, in a small group, how, however, you, however you like. Um, and on the back side of that, I've got a very detailed background on, on this that is meant to be pastoral. And so today we're going to focus on Luke 19. 1 through 10. And this is where Jesus is on his journey. He starts in Galilee and he goes on his journey at the end of Luke chapter 9 and he sets his face towards Jerusalem. He's going to confront the powers that be in Jerusalem. And on his way, he has all these encounters. What Mary Schertz, I, I took two classes in biblical Greek at AMBS a while ago, and Professor Mary Schertz taught me a lot about Luke. And she largely says that Luke is the gospel of quest stories. So in the passage we're going to look at today, Zacchaeus is on a quest to see who Jesus is. And Jesus has the real quest to call Zacchaeus and all of us back to God, that we might become one. So the way we do this is I'll read it first. We're going to read it four times. I'll read it first, and then we will repeat words and phrases out loud, right from where you're sitting. Just repeat whatever struck you. Just repeat whatever spoke to you. You don't need to comment on it. Just repeat it exactly as you heard it. We'll read it a second time, and we will repeat words and phrases. So I'll read it first. I need a second reader who will come up here and read it, just as it is on the back of the, of the bulletin. Steve, okay? So Steve will read a second. Then we'll need a third reader. Can I get a third reader? Yes, ma'am. What's your name? Mandy. Mandy? Great. And so Mandy will come up here, and she will proclaim it. After Steve reads it, 
We will repeat words and phrases out loud again. And you might ask, why do we do this? Well, if you've seen the movie Forrest Gump, his mother says life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. And my experience of group Lexio Divina is that the Holy Spirit speaks to me through other people, through other people repeating words and phrases. But also, after Mandy reads it, we're going to share in small groups, in family groups, couples, or whatnot. Um, after the third one, how do I interpret this passage? What do I hear it saying? There's no rules, there's no right or wrong, just how does it strike you? How do you interpret it? And Mark will come up and we will proclaim it a fourth time. And after Mark proclaims it, we will go back into our same groups. And so, Mark, after the third reading, if you would find a group to partner up with, that would be good. Um, after the fourth reading, we'll go back into our groups. And after the third reading and after the fourth reading, we'll share in small groups. And then if you want, we can share in the larger group too. Um, and after the fourth one, we'll turn that lens around. In the third one, we interpret the text. In the fourth one, we ask the Holy Spirit to interpret us through this word of God, through this text. And the question is largely, how is this passage calling me to live today? Okay? So I invite us in silence to just close our eyes. On the first two readings, I invite you to close your eyes and just receive this word through your ears. And when I'm done, I invite you to repeat words and phrases just as you heard them. You can repeat as many as you want. You can repeat whatever somebody else has repeated. Jesus came to Jericho and intended to pass through the town. Now a man there named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector and also a wealthy man, was seeking to see who Jesus was. But he could not see him because of the crowd, for he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree in order to see Jesus who was about to pass that way. When he reached the place, Jesus looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down quickly, for today I must stay at your house. And he came down quickly and received him with joy. When they all saw this, they began to grumble, saying, He's going to stay at the house of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Behold, half of my possessions, Lord, I shall give to the poor. And if I've extorted anything from anyone, I shall repay it four times over. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a descendant of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save what was lost. Steve, if you'd come up, and when he's done, I invite us to repeat words and phrases again.
Jesus came to Jericho and intended to pass through the town. Now a man there named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector and also a wealthy man, was seeking to see who Jesus was. But he could not see him because of the crowd, for he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree in order to see Jesus, who was about to pass that way. When he reached the place, Jesus looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down quickly, for today I must stay at your house. And he came down quickly and received him with joy. When they all saw this, they began to grumble, saying, He has gone to stay at the house of a sinner? But Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Behold, half of my possessions, Lord, I shall give to the poor. And if I have extorted anything from anyone, I shall repay it four times over. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man, too, is a descendant of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save what was lost. Andy, if you'd come up, and after Mandy proclaims this, I invite you to turn to someone next to you or in a family group and just share. What strikes you about this? How do you interpret this? What's, what's going on? What's meaningful to you? Jesus came to Jericho and intended to pass through the town. Now a man there named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector and also a wealthy man, was seeking to see who Jesus was. But he could not see him because of the crowd, for he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree in order to see Jesus, who was about to pass through who was about to pass that way. When he reached the place, Jesus looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down quickly, for today I must stay at your house. And he came down quickly and received him with joy. When they all saw this, they began to grumble, saying, He has gone to stay at the house of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Behold, Half of my possessions, Lord, I shall give to the poor, and if I have extorted anything from anyone, I shall repay it four times over. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a descendant of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save what was lost.
In about two minutes, I'll invite someone from your groups to come up here and share whatever wisdom you'd like to share with the larger group. How do you interpret this? How do you read this? Okay, folks, if somebody from your group wants to come up and share some of what you guys shared, how do you interpret this? What strikes you about this? The floor is open. We talked about how both um, Jesus and Zacchaeus are seeking. Um, Zacchaeus initially is seeking to see who Jesus was, and then the Son of Man has come to seek and to save. Um, and we also talked about how both of their plans kind of changed. Um, Jesus, in the first uh, verse, intended to pass through the town and ends up staying with Zacchaeus. Um, and Zacchaeus is also open, open-hearted and ha- is willing to have this kind of change of, of mindset in conversations with Jesus. And I think that kind of goes back to the, the openness and the bridge building kind of thing. what our group talked about was um, uh, this was kind of evidence that the gospel goes out even to your enemies. Um, How unlikely Zacchaeus was as sort of um, an object of Jesus's ministry given, you know, his identity as a wealthy man, as a tax collector, those kinds of things. Um, Oh, the kind of interesting fact that Jesus invites himself over to his house. <laughs> Did I miss anything? Forget anything? He's short. How yeah, short he was. <laughs> right, right. That it might not be dignified for him to, to, to jump in a tree and, and look at this as a wealthy Jewish man. We talked about how um, the people are grumbling because there's a definitive line between those who are considered sinners and those who are not considered sinners. And for Jesus to go and stay at the house of a sinner is just utterly scandalous. And yet, as has been mentioned, um, this passage is really about how the mercy of God will pursue everyone forever. It's not just a second chance. It's the 99th, 100th chance, a 210th chance. And that we don't change by trying. In, in most of my experience, I think, if I can't do something, all right, I'm going to try harder. Oh, I haven't gotten there yet. I'm going to keep trying harder. When in reality, all the encounters with Jesus tend to show that we don't change by trying. We change by dying. We change by dying to our own devices. We change by dying to our own attempts, our own agendas. And Zacchaeus, who's got everything the world tells him he needs to be happy, is not. 
He's seeking to see who Jesus is. Why exactly? Who knows? But he climbs a tree. I mean, when's the last time you or I climbed a tree? He climbs a tree to see Jesus. And Jesus calls him by name. Zacchaeus, come down. I want to stay at your house tonight. And I'm thinking, well, what's Zacchaeus thinking? Well, if he's going to stay at my house, we're going to share a meal. If we're going to share a meal, for two Jews to share a meal, they have to forgive each other first. When's the last time you had a meal with somebody that you had a pink elephant in the middle of the table in terms of tension and stress and something that hadn't been forgiven? And in Mosaic Law, I'm not exactly sure where, it does say, before you have a meal with someone, forgive them. And Zacchaeus is thinking, oh my gosh, he has forgiven me. And I've done nothing to earn that. I've done nothing to make myself warrant that. And Jesus, who doesn't expect people to repent, and then you can come and follow me, offers people mercy, love, blessing, inclusion, which often leads to repentance, which often leads to transformation. And that, I think, leads to Zacchaeus' sense of giving. He gives half of his possessions to the poor, and anyone he's cheated, which is how he makes money, through extortion, he's going to pay him back, not once or twice, but four times. Anybody else? Some of the points that are, um, have already been made were, were uh, came up in our small group as well, but I was really struck by Sarah and Aaron's comments here, so I want to read them out loud. It might be a little bit too hard for folks to read. So this is what Sarah says. I so appreciate that insight about Jesus' willingness to change. Seems to present Jesus as responsive, adaptable, possibly even as a learner. At any rate, feels like this point stands in contrast to a common perception of God and or religious belief as fixed and unchanging over time, regardless of context. A willingness to change has some radical implications. And then Aaron's response, excellent point, Sarah. Willingness to listen and change is such an emotionally aware ability that is stunted in so many of us. Jesus came to Jericho and intended to pass through the town. Now a man there named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector and also a wealthy man, was seeking to see who Jesus was. But he could not see him because of the crowd, for he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree in order to see Jesus, who was about to pass that way. When he reached the place, Jesus looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down quickly, for today I must stay at your house. And he came down quickly and received him with joy. When they saw all this, they began to grumble, saying, He's gone to stay at the house of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Behold, half of my possessions, Lord, I shall give to the poor. And if I have extorted anything from anyone, I shall repay it four times over. 
And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a descendant of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save what was lost. So again, we can reflect on how does this passage interpret, how does this passage interpret me? How is it calling me to live today? Thank you all for participating. Thank you all for having Deb and me join you today. I invite you to keep having these conversations with the Word of God, encounters with Christ. I invite you to keep asking the questions, how do I interpret this? How does this interpret me? Please take voices together and turn to number 996. And please pray with me. Listening God, we pray for Christians everywhere, for our denomination and congregation, for strength to persevere in faithfulness. We pray for the whole people of God. We pray for the nations of the world, for all leaders, and for those who make policy decisions. We pray for the well-being of our global community. We pray for the earth and all living creatures, for regions and species at risk, and for the sharing of resources. We pray for the wholeness of creation. We pray for those who are overcome by violence, for victims of injustice or oppression, and for those in poverty or pain. We pray for all who need healing and peace. We pray for those who endure trials, for those who are dying, and for those who mourn. We pray for all in need of comfort and hope. You have heard the prayers of your people, O God. We rest in the comfort of your care as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if, it, if you are able to and care to, I'd ask you to stand, please, and then we'll turn to Voices Together 835 for our closing song. And this is a round, and we're going to sing it through three times, and again, we'll do our um, two, two groups here. So the folks over on 
my left, your right, um, will be group one, and then uh, group two will be um, the group facing me. We'll sing it through all together as a as a group. And I'll give you the. Together one time through and then five bedroom groups. Oh. 